0: Uh, it's been a mixed bag, I think, for a lot of you during this week and I really felt the Lord would uh, just say that straight up. There's been uh, many amongst you, I think, that have been finding it tough while others have been rejoicing in the Lord as well. And and I guess the, the word might be for all of us is that the Lord is with us. And uh, whatever is happening, whatever is taking place in our lives, He is with us. And uh, therefore, we're comforted and strengthened. And He gives us hope and uh, much joy in our hearts as well. And that's uh, what the Holy Spirit does for us. He fills us with this joy, this inexplicable joy. We haven't seen Him. And yet we're filled with inexplicable joy. The very night that my mum and myself were converted a Leighton Ford crusade back in 1960 at the old Sydney Stadium in Rushcutters Bay, which is no longer there, <laughs> um, we came home uh, by taxi and the, it was living water just gushing out of us overflowing and gushing out of us. And by his grace, that living water still gushes. And that's what it's supposed to be, church. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. His joy, his peace uh, in us. So that we can live this life and hold great joy and hope For what lies before us. Amen. Amen. Um, Greg uh, Mallon was to be here this morning and to read to you uh, a letter of transfer of the membership of Andy and Melissa. And so Greg uh, unfortunately was not able to be here so he asked me if I would do this. And I would say, and you would agree, I'm sure, Andy and Melissa, it's only been several weeks, but it's almost been seamless, hasn't it? It's like they've been here forever and ever, amen. And it's just been wonderful. And, uh, and so already, mate, we've just appreciated you both very much and your ministry and uh, the life of the Spirit that you bring as well. So thanks. And this is the letter that came um, from the secretary, Ted Bell, at, uh, it's called BBC as well, <laughs> um, and it goes like this. Uh, Dear Greg, for many years, we at Barrow Baptist have had the pleasure of having Andy and Melissa Collins as members of our church. And this membership has continued as Andy and Melissa followed God's calling on their lives in the service at Newtown mission we are delighted to recognize that today and it's going back a few weeks now Sunday the 21st of February 2016 that the Blackheath Church inducts Andy into the role of pastor of the church the church has made a very wise decision amen and in Andy and Melissa you have a very dedicated couple So along with their family, we bless the Blackheath Church in their decision. Consequently, we at BBC would like to transfer the membership of Andy and Melissa to Blackheath Baptist. God bless Blackheath Baptist as you move forward under Andy's ministry. Love your pastor and his family. Support him and uplift him in prayer. In prayer and love, Ted Bell. Uh, would you just join me in prayer as we do that? Father, thank you. Thank you for this church, for Baroura Baptist. And we thank you, Father, for the work of your spirit and grace and the power of the gospel in that church. Over many, many years, Lord, it has been a light and a beacon. And we pray your blessing upon them we ask, Father, that you would prosper them in all their endeavors in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you would, Lord, be pleased to pour out your spirit abundantly upon them and that, Father, they may know the joy of your presence with them. And again, we want to thank you for Andy and Melissa and, Lord, to uh, take this encouragement that we would, Uh, support them and pray for them each day. Lord, lay that upon our hearts that we might pray for them, love them and walk with them and serve alongside of them in fulfilling what's on your heart for BBC here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen okay well um andy um uh had a, a title for this uh, sermon which was uh, hanging out with jesus and uh, and so um i i just kind of you could have lots of lots of uh titles for this one you know the, the martha syndrome or um you know whatever but um i just thought of just sitting with Jesus or at home with Mary and Martha, whatever you might want to call it. I mean, Andy's invitation and encouragement for us over the past weeks was to spend some time walking with Jesus as he set his face resolutely towards Jerusalem. This time of Lent, this time of drawing up to Easter, that our hearts and our prayers would be focused around that. I've been um, using New Version and there's been a 40-day prayer, um, praying through Lent. Absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And so every morning you get the opportunity to sit and to read the scripture, but to meditate on, um, on the scriptures and on a, on a devotional, which is really excellent. So I I want to encourage you, church, I I want to encourage you um, that if you've been caught up in the busyness of life and the rush and all of that kind of stuff, that maybe out of today you might take a step back and say, you know, for these next couple of weeks I'm I'm just going to spend some time sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so uh, in the course of our journey up to date, we, we've been amazed at his wisdom when he was just 12 years of old age in the temple and and we've been moved by his love and compassion at the widow of uh, Nan there where he raised the, the young man from the dead. And, and we've been awestruck, haven't we, at just his power, his miracle working power. And then last week through Daniel's message, you know, we've been... Reminded anew what it means to take up our cross and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that this is Andy's heart. Andy's heart is, and it's his desire, that as we have journeyed with Jesus, that our love for him has become deeper and richer and and our faith in him just increased all the more and our followership of him has become more resolute. I mean, that's what it is, church. It's not a matter of, you know, here's a series of of sermons and let's preach them and get them out of the road. There's a purpose there. And the purpose is intimacy. The purpose is to experience Jesus and to know him more and more and more. It's almost like, you know, uh, Paul's prayer. I want to know him. You know, that would be the cry of all of our hearts as a result of this journey towards um, Jerusalem towards that Good Friday, um, and then of course uh, Easter Sunday, and and that we would find also that our obedience uh, to Him would be ever more loving and joyful. You know, uh, obedience is full of joy. You know, that's that's what it's about as well. Well, let me uh, begin today's message with a, a bit of a what if. Uh, questions. Okay, so suppose some folk from Channel Nine's Rano uh, Rumble, which is due to start next Wednesday evening, I'll give that a plug. I do not even watch it, but <laughs> there you go. Um, it's going to start next Wednesday evening. But perhaps you know, like a crew, they just pull up in a van, and then this whole crowd of carpenters, chippies, all jump out, and um, also uh, a camera crew, right? And then Scotty Cam with a microphone gets out and he heads straight for your front door. There's a knock on the door and then you open the door and Scotty Cam says, look, g'day, uh, I'm here. I, I've got some good news. Would you will you let me come in? Now, what would you do? Yeah, right. <laughs> You go, I've, I've been waiting for this guy for ages. Just bring all your chippies in and plumbers and let's get going, electricians, whatever. Or suppose the doorbell rings, and when you answer it, there stands Malcolm Turnbull. And it, of course, you just slam the door in his face, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd do that. You, you wouldn't just go, Malcolm Campbell. Boom. No, no, Malcolm Turnbull, I should say. I got a, a mate in the Churches of Christ who's Malcolm Campbell. But anyway, so, and what would you do, okay? What would you do if you found Jesus uh, outside? Uh, your front door, um, and he had come to spend some time with you. What would you do? What would your first reaction be? Women, what would your first reaction be? Oh, you got it. Is the house tidy? What's the. Ha- huh? Gaddy got something to eat here. Let's go and get it. I mean, Sandra's out there picking flowers already. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, about this one, you know. And what about the guys? What are the guys going to do? Oh, come on. I tell you what, Andres, you come up here and preach the sermon because truly, that's exactly what... But I, I kind of get, the, you know, the guys go, Jesus is a carpenter? Hey, here's a hammer. <laughs> All right, you got a few jobs here, Lord. You know, I, Would you like to help me with them? You know? I mean, what would we do, really? Uh, that, that's not uh, so far-fetched as we might think. In fact, it, it happened exactly like that one day to two sisters who lived in a tiny village of Bethany. Uh, it's located about 2.4 kilometers east of Jerusalem, 2.4 kilometers from Medlow Bath uh, Station to uh, Evans Point, uh, you know, Lookout Road. It's not, a, it's not a big distance. So they're living pretty close there, eh? So um, they, he comes to visit them. And our text, which we're going to read in a minute, tells us how they responded to this unexpected visit from Jesus, who is the Son of God. So let's read. Okay, so at home with Mary and Martha, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, So chapter 9 verse 51 tell us that he's on his way to Jerusalem and this is not just going up to uh, one of the feasts or whatever it might be. He sets his face, the word says, resolutely uh, to Jerusalem. Old Testament says he set his face like a flint. There's determination in Jesus. He's not going to back down for whatever is happening, whatever is going to take place in Jerusalem. He's, he's not taking a backward step. What a courageous Lord. Hey, and, and he's not backing down because of us. Hmm. So he's on his way and he comes to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Uh, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. In fact, he actually says, dear Martha. That's dear Martha. The Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Folk, I want to say this at the very beginning and and want to make this point, that both Martha and Mary loved Jesus. It wasn't as if Mary loved him more or Martha less. These two women were devoted to Jesus. They loved him. And, and they were thrilled when he turned up with his entourage. You know, he's got all of the disciples. And, and, you know, my mind starts to go a little bit here and I think he's got all his disciples, but oftentimes there were some others who also went with him as well. There was some women and there were some other guys And so I'm thinking, here's a big crowd that all of a sudden arrived at Martha and Mary's home. And so they were thrilled to have him come, so they give him this wonderful warm welcome that only people in the East can really do. They just welcome you so wonderfully. In my visits to the subcontinent, in India, when you go to a place, oh my goodness gracious me, they just embrace you. They want to wash your feet. They want to serve you food. They want to make sure that you're comfortable. Uh, In fact, they'll even have a little girl come with a fan and and you'll sit and they'll fan you. And one night, uh, we'd ministered in the village all day and now it was 10 o'clock in the evening. We had a monstrous drive ahead of us, but our interpreter, who was uh, almost like a Paul himself, Um, there were many churches that were planned. So we brought all the pastors together and he was talking with them and and teaching them. And so we just sat and it was 10 o'clock at night and the pastor's little girl uh, was there with the women and she had two fans, hand fans like this, just fan. So there's a a wonderful welcome. They were thrilled. Uh, People in the East, they welcome uh, people this way. And Jesus loved them. And I think he came to uh, their home on this occasion because it was safe and it was a welcome haven from the storm clouds that were were gathering, right? And that were lying uh, before him. But it soon becomes clear that the two sisters were quite different in temperament. And now this is important, guys, that they're different. These two gals, girls, they're different. And their way of making Jesus feel at home and serve him could be uh, just uh, so more different That's it's not funny. And when you read the scripture, when you first look at the scripture, there's nothing particularly difficult about it, is it? Like it's like four verses. There's no theological discussion to be made about it. Um, it it's, it's got no problems in it. It really is Jesus comes to a home, Martha reacts one way, Mary reacts the other way and Jesus speaks into it. That's it. All done and dusted. Finito. Yet this simple story over the eons really has confused and sometimes frustrated the living daylights out of people. It just seems to invite people, doesn't it, to take sides, Whose side are you on this morning like? Martha's side. Well, well, for goodness sake, Jesus turns up with all these people. Of course he's going to get and do the stuff and get the food ready and make sure he's comfortable. And Mary, she's just sitting at his feet, for goodness sake. Why doesn't she get up and help? How many uh, women particularly have found themselves in a situation like that where you're in the kitchen there's people there and you're going like the clappers right going like crazy, trying to get things prepared, trying to get food on the table, make sure this is done, make sure that's done. And you look outside and everybody's just all sitting back, you know, just having a great time. And, and, and all of a sudden this beautiful servant heart begins to get a little bit frustrated, a little bit cranky, a little bit, what are you smiling at? You know, I mean, it's just, it's real, isn't it? So you've got Martha here and so oftentimes you want to side with Martha but then again you look at Mary and she goes oh got, she has got it right she's got it right she's, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him talk and what's he talking about for goodness sake Luke why didn't you give us some narrative here you know uh, she's sitting at the feet listening to Jesus give it a bit more please But there's nothing. So let's speculate. Could could Jesus have been talking about what is going to happen to him in Jerusalem? And here's Mary sitting, listening. And if you rip over into John 12, and I'm not sure, I should have looked at this in the harmony of the Gospels, but in John 12, you get a narrative there where John's saying that Jesus has come to uh, the house again at uh, Bethany and there they prepare a a meal in his honour and Mary is washing, uh, uh, sorry, she's bathing his feet in perfume. And you go, is that the same scene? Are we in the same place at that particular time? I kind of think we are. But, uh, you know, I, as I said, I, I, I thought about it just early this morning and I went, ah, oh, no, I haven't got time just to have a look at the harmony of the Gospels. But it could be kind of there. And so there, there's Mary. And uh, so was Mary right? Did she get it right when she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus to hang out with him? And were there deeper issues? Now, here's where we can speculate a little bit more here and have a look a little bit closer to this narrative between Jesus and Martha. Were there deeper issues involving personal identity and individual preferences and how we can best serve the Lord behind those exchanges and questions between Martha and Jesus? So, what is inside of Martha that is making her do this? What is really motivating her? And, and, and is this who she is? Is this where she finds who she is? Her identity? And is that just too far out there that the Lord has got to start to question and, and bring her back to see that her true identity is in him? not in what she does. And so there are some other issues in there as well. So perhaps the place to begin is to have a closer look at Martha and what she felt her mission was or her task or her duty was. And so Martha's mission, and let's read the scriptures again, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened uh, her home to him. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, she's not speaking nicely here. She's feisty. She's feisty. She's not saying, Lord, would you please? No, 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 no. Mary is right up her nose right now. And so she's really, you know, looking for a fight. No, truly, she is. So, when I look at Martha, I see this big-hearted, generous, hard-working, caring, hospitable lady, lady who's a bit feisty. But she's distracted, okay, What's it mean to be distracted? Well, to be distracted means that you've lost sight of the major thing, the central thing, the most important thing. It means you've become preoccupied with a lesser pursuit and given your full attention to something that really is not all that important in the bigger scheme of things. And Martha's distractions appear to be quite important when you look at them. We, we shouldn't think that she was some kind of neurotic fusspot. A woman's glory in the Eastern culture in which she lived was being a good hostess. She had just welcomed an important guest into her home, Jesus, her friend that she loved, but also who is the great teacher and later... Um, There was that uh, exclamation, um, you know, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet he will live. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. So, she's uh, a beautiful woman, I believe. A beautiful woman, big heart. But she's distracted. And we shouldn't think that she was some kind of a neurotic fuss pot at all. And she had just welcomed Jesus into a home and the food wasn't going to prepare itself, was it? You know? wasn't going to. Jesus is not going to come and say, M- Martha, give me a loaf of bread. Anybody got any fish? And, you know, let me prepare the banquet for you. It wasn't going to happen. So, She's going to say, okay, I'm going to get this done. And so she's opened a house. She's getting the meal prepared. She's trying to make everybody comfortable. Have you got a drink, Andy? Uh, what about you, Andres? Do you, do you need anything? Uh, um, you know, uh, one of the servants, please come. Uh, make sure that Andres has got some finger food over there. And Ruth, uh, make sure Ruth has got plenty of water. You know, she's, she's doing all that. And I've counted 16 people. So there's a whole heap more, I'm sure. So she's trying to do the right thing. What was expected of her and what she thought was expected of her. And so she's busy, she's busy, she's busy and she's becoming more infuriated, more cranky with her sister and with Jesus for not having a quiet word with Mary. You know, I heard about a man, I was talking to Robin about this yesterday, I heard about a man who took his wife to a marriage counsellor and and together they told him all their problems. And finally, after an hour of listening, the counsellor got up and he walked around to where the woman was sitting and he grabbed her and he lifted her out of the chair and gave her the greatest kiss that took a breath away. And she fell back into the chair, swooning. (laughs) And then the counsellor looked at the husband and he said, I want you to do this three times a week. And the guy thought about it and he went, I'm busy, 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 but I can bring her on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. (laughs) I thought it was really good. Robin laughed, she thought it was good. And I tell you, if Rob laughs, it's got to be good. Okay, so she was busy, busy, busy. But putting a Martha's busyness and distraction to one side and regardless of what else we may think, it's clear that she loves Jesus. She loves him and does what she does out of love and not obligation and duty. She respects him so much that without hesitation she wants to honour him by using her gifts to prepare the very best meal that she can and so her motives are pure even if her attitude is starting to get skew now at this point uh, we begin to see the true differences between Martha and Mary and they begin to emerge I'm, don't forget we're talking about temperaments here as well um, you know Martha's an A <laughs> she's, she's right in there she's got it all prepared and ready to go um, Mary's a little different. She's a different person altogether. And Martha felt responsible to make certain that meals properly prepared and served. And for whatever reason, who knows whatever reason, Mary doesn't join her. Doesn't join her in the kitchen. She chooses to just to hang out with Jesus and, and to sit at his feet a- and a position and an action that eventually gets under Martha's skin so um, so let's have a look at Mary I guess uh, for a little bit and Mary appears three times in the gospel in Luke 10 and John 11 and John 12 and in all three places when you read the scriptures, she's at his feet that's where she is (laughs) she's never anywhere else but at his feet And we never see her anywhere else. doesn't mean to say that she never was, but we just never see her in the Gospels in any other place. And in our text, she's at Jesus' feet, listening to his words. Now, think about what this means, please. When you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words, okay, so she's sitting, so she's quiet, okay? And she's at the Lord's feet, so she's close. There's intimacy there, there's, Right? and she's listening, so she's get, she just wants to hear what he has to say. She's hanging on his every word, and, and she's listening to his word, so she's submitting herself to his word as well. You know, um, when I, I, I penned those things, I, I kind of thought to myself, how long is I mean, for goodness sake? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I just rush in and out. Do you find yourself you do that someday? Just rush in and out, you know? Hi, Lord, sit down and do this, um, you know. Out. And, and so I, I think if, even at this point in the sermon, if I was to say, what can you take away from this today? I, I, would, say, I would say this, find a quiet place. Find a quiet place. I got a place in my backyard. I got a place um, in various lookouts uh, around Katoomba. I just go sit there sometimes, and I look at the scenery, and, and you know, and, and you might say, "Oh Lord, Oh Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth?" And I look at the creation and things like this. And say, Spend a bit of time. You, you don't rush, and you say, "Yeah, but you, that's all right. You're retired, Graham. You can do that." Well, even in the midst of ministry, you do that. And I appreciate what you shared last week just around before communion when you were saying, you know, uh, this week I really had felt the Lord saying, Andy, uh, stop rushing, spend some time, more time in prayer. And that's what we've got to do, church. We, we, we need to do that. Okay. At the Lord's feet, closeness. And this is really a story about intimacy, about Getting near to the Lord and hearing his heart, listening and and being in His word, just uh, reading His Word, not just glancing, reading it, and then asking yourself myself, the question, what does this mean to me, for me right now, in this place? What do I need to do? I so, say two questions, and uh, I'm doing pretty good, I think two questions, who is serving the Lord in this What's happening here in this picture, this scenario? Who's serving the Lord, Martha or Mary? Ah, well done. Absolutely right. They're both serving the Lord. And Martha's serving him by preparing the meal, right? She's serving him by... And Mary is serving him by listening quietly at his feet. But who is in the better place? Mary. And Jesus said that, didn't he? You know, I'll paraphrase Mary, you've got it right. You've actually got it right. You're sitting in the best place. You're sitting in the best place. Martha is so distracted that she can't hear anything Jesus is saying. Now, when I was, uh, we went down to Sydney yesterday uh, and to a function, and I was talking to Rob about this sermon on the way down. And she put a woman's insight into this. And here's the woman's insight into this. I said, you know, Martha, uh, maybe a woman, as a, did I say a woman should have preached this sermon? I said it to David. Uh, yeah, maybe a woman should have preached this sermon. And, and, and I said, you know, um, I'm talking about Martha and she goes, but I think Martha wanted to be at Jesus' feet. Amen. I think that's where she wanted to be. And when she looked at Mary, she could see herself just sitting there with Jesus as well and listening to what he had to say. But things had to get done. And no one else was going to do them, so she was going to do them. But her heart cry was to sit at his feet. Now, think about it personally. Oh my goodness, isn't that exactly describing us? I'll tell you something as recent as this morning. Um, I get up and do all my things, you know, put makeup on, comb my hair, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I usually get up and have a shave and uh, and then go into the lounge room and switch um Uh, you know the latest hill song cd on and just have it quietly playing in the background and read my bible and i pray and you know and things like well this morning um i i got out of bed had the shave pretty good right had a shave and um and i thought i I need to iron this shirt so i thought i'll I'll iron the shirt that that should be good then my daughter gets out of bed and she goes, Dad, can you iron this for me? I go, sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then something else happened. And, and it was just the Holy Spirit saying, are you, are you watching yourself here, Graham? Are you, this is a perfect illustration of your, of your sermon. How many of us do that? We sense the call and the draw of God and the Holy Spirit to spend time with Him, but we keep this this argument in our heads about, yeah, well, we've got to get this done, Lord. Truly, when this is done, I'll get, I'll, I'll be with you, and and or I'll, I'll get all these done, and Lord, this afternoon, I'm sure there's going to be time where I can sit with you and and be with you. And how many of us know? that when we finally get into bed, we go, oh golly, golly, hi Lord. <laughs> uh, thank you for being with me today and our, my loved ones and for your grace and your kindness. And You've just lost it. You've lost that opportunity to be uh, quiet and close and submission to the Lord. Okay. So both of those, both Mary and Martha, are serving the Lord. But it's not easy to sit at Jesus' feet. uh, Sorry, I beg your pardon. It is easy, I should say, to sit at his feet. It doesn't matter who we are. Uh, Anyone with a heart for Christ can sit at his feet. You may not be able to sing or play a musical instrument or preach or teach, but you can sit. At his feet. You don't have to be um, some whiz kid. You don't have to be multi talented. You don't have to have a lot of, you don't have to be cashed up and, and all those various other things. Any one of us can sit at the feet of Jesus anytime and anywhere. So, do you need to choose between Mary and Martha this morning? No, you don't. You don't need to. Both have their strengths. Both have their weaknesses. And someone said, if you were on a a sinking ship, Mary would say, I'll pray. And Martha would say, I'll go get the life jackets. So you need both, not one or the other. So if you started the morning by thinking... Ah oh, no, I'm on Martha's side. Or, ah oh, no, I'm on Mary's side. Don't choose sides. Both these women love the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved them. They were different in the way they served him. But Mary chose the very best. And I love that final word of, of Jesus to Martha where he tells her what Mary has gained it won't be taken from her. It won't be taken from her. Um, Meals come and meals go, but time with Jesus is forever. And I'm sure Mary never forgot that day. Take a moment now to think of those occasions when you've connected so wonderfully with the Lord you never forget them you never forget them they're indelibly written on your spirit you know they were special times again um, I want to uh, you know just tell you a little bit of a story it's not like I do all the housework in our place right (laughs) just because I said I was ironing you know or uh, now I'm going to tell you I was washing and wiping up. It's never ending, i told you. <laughs> it's okay. You can pray for me after the service. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, w- I was in the sink and, and I'm washing up. And my mind was nowhere near thinking of Jesus. I mean, I, I'm just doing... The routine stuff, and I really felt the Holy Spirit say, "Graham, come, truly." And I've gone, Uh, just put it out of my mind, and you know, just kept doing the job. And again, just a gentle, uh, almost indistinguishable, soft voice, so soft, come. And I just, I just dropped everything, and I walked into um, the room that's just opposite our kitchen and closed the door and broke down crying. There was no words that I spoke. It was like the Lord just said, I just want to come because I just want to love on you. And you've got your hands in the sink. <laughs> you need to get them out of the sink. You need to come and sit with me and let me love you. And if you can take anything out of this word this morning, is let him do that. It's not you saying, oh, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's rather him saying, daughter, son, let me love you. And that, I think, is what he's saying to Martha. Just want to love you, Martha. I want you to to know the joy of my presence and the warmth and the depth of my love for you but you you 're just too busy you you 're distracted. Can I encourage you this week to look at the things that you do and go, Oh, hang on for a second um, is this necessary? Certainly, much in our life is necessary, okay. But there are some things that we do that are not and we could be spending time with the Lord. Now I can't uh, give you um, anything other than, I can't confirm this with you. Uh, I certainly Googled everywhere trying to find um, just exactly where this story takes place but I couldn't. So it's probably not even right. But nevertheless it says some things. It said that that in one of the Scandinavian countries there's a statue of Christ that stands in a town square and the statue is noteworthy because the face of Jesus is not visible to those who stand in front of it. And so when a traveller, a tourist complained and said I can't see his face, a, a local resident nearby said, if you wish to see his face, you must kneel at his feet. And so I want to encourage you this week to take time to kneel at his feet and let him love you. Okay? Just let him love you. If you find yourself getting too busy, slap yourself, literally. Or you could ask your husband or your wife. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, no, give yourself a, 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 real, a real stern talking to, right? And so, Father, thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, we do love you. And we find that there are so many times when all you want us to do is to sit with you and yet we're running around like chooks without heads. Please forgive us. And I pray that you would help us this week to choose what is best. And what is best is to intentionally, consciously place ourselves in your presence. May your Holy Spirit draw us to you. And may our hearts be filled with that love and worship and adoration. And I pray that as we sing this last song of worship that speaks so much of surrender that we might just um, know what that means for us uh, personally. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.